Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 1.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer with you. And uh, we're going to head straight off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 7804960063. The last name would be familiar. So, too, would the first name. Uh, His father was an NHL head coach with the Vancouver Canucks, uh, who coached some of the toughest teams in the Western Hockey League and the OHL. And uh, just the other day, Bill LaForge was named general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds. He'd been their head scout for a number of years. We've had him on the show before, and he's an Edmonton area product, and we're pleased to welcome back to the show the new GM of the Seattle Thunderbirds, Bill LaForge. Bill, how are you doing? Very well, Bob. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, Tell me, uh, you know, you you come from this hockey background. We'll hit your dad in a second here, but just a a thought on uh, being with this organization. Seattle's been a a pretty consistent organization for the last several years. Um, Obviously, to the Memorial Cup last year, you guys kind of ran out of a little bit of steam, but that happens in the WHL. But just a thought on, on getting this chance to be the GM and putting your time in and earning that spot. You know, I'm really excited about the opportunity that I have. Um, being able to work with Russ Farwell is such a such a blessing for me to uh, you know learn from someone who's been there for so long and and work closely with him for the for the foreseeable future and, and uh, you know be able to move on after that. And um, I'm really excited about the opportunity, and I think we have a chance to uh, to do some really good things in the Western Hockey League. Well, you uh, your team made it last year to the uh, you know won the Western Hockey League championship. Maybe a little bit of a surprise. Uh, I know you had Matt Barzell, you had the Oilers uh, Ethan Bear, who's a prospect in the Oilers organization. You were pretty beat up by the time you went to the Memorial Cup. Um, there tends to be a cyclical nature in junior hockey. Is that in fact the truth, or can you stay consistently good for a long time, like seemingly the Portlands and the Londons and the Quebec cities have been able to do? Yeah, I mean, actually, I was with uh, I was with Everett, so we were uh, we were the team that they beat out right. Right. <laughs> to get on uh, on the road. So, but I, I do, you know, agree that uh, it is a little bit cyclical. But I think Russ has done a really good job of, you know, never selling the farm to to get where they, uh, you know, all the goals that they achieve. So you do have a little bit left in the tank. If you if you sell too much, um, then you do you know put yourself at risk of going into a spiral for a few years. And I think you know Russ did a great job there uh, in Seattle. I'm sure that you know there still was a lot in the cupboards and there's still players to move forward with. So I, I don't think you necessarily have to um, you know go too far back anymore. Uh, I think if you do it properly, you, you can be competitive every year and then give yourself a chance to to win the big one on a consistent basis or, or be in the mix at least. Yeah, thanks for correcting me there. I mean, Everett, uh, with uh, Zorn Ratchik is still working in Everett, is he not? Yes, yeah, Zorn is uh, he, He's probably the best, the yeah, ter- terrific business guy in the league, and that has been a, a successful, and you guys had a very good season this year as well. Uh, I, I guess where I'm going with you is... Are there consistent reoccurring themes that occur with Western Hockey League organizations that allow them to succeed, Bill? I, I think if you if you have a formula that works for your team and you stick to it uh, in your drafting, 
then you don't necessarily have to make as many trades. And I, I know, um, you know, when I was in Everett, uh, we really focused on the speed skill and hockey sense. Um, and, and Russ has a, has a similar formula with Seattle that uh, we will be, um, you know, inputting and, and making sure that we go forward with. So I think if you stick to that and you draft players that play your style, you don't really have to make as many trades to, uh, you know, to, to help your team and to support your team. So that if you do it that way, then you can be consistent every year. And that's, again, uh, you mentioned Portland earlier. Mike Johnson does a great job of doing that in Portland. There's always the players on his team. They, they look like winter hawks, and you, and you know that when you, uh, when you see them as a, as a draft. And that's what we're uh, going to continue to build in Seattle. We're going to draft players that play the Thunderbird way, and, and, uh, and that will be, you know, help us be successful in the future. Bill, uh, obviously for the listener, I mean for older listeners, they know who your dad, uh, your dad was, and he was, a, a fair to say, a hard-nosed coach. Is that is that? No, a, I think that's, I think that's very passionate. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, uh, that's what, a fair way of saying it. I, no, I, I agree with that. Okay, was there is there maybe like you know a lot of people? Well, you know, he built these super intimidating teams in the Western Hockey League and in the OHL. But did that perhaps take away from the fact that he still had a lot of time for skill because his teams could always score as well? Yeah, I mean, his teams were always definitely hard to play against and competitive. And uh, again, passionate is the is word that I like to use. But they always were. Um, you know, ahead of their time offensively as well. And, and he he had guys that played hard, but he also had a lot of skilled guys. I mean, uh, I talked to Mark Habsheit the other day, and that's the one thing that, that Mark said is, yeah, we were we were a tough team to play against, but we he wouldn't want to let us go in the power play either. So, I mean, I think that uh, the game has changed a lot in 30 years, and, and I understand that. And uh, I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of things I can learn from from the way he handled things, but there's, you know, things that I'll do differently too, and I think that's just evolution. Yeah, and it's a, obviously a completely different day uh, today in the Western Hockey League than ever before. We're joined by uh, Seattle Thunderbirds general manager Bill LaForge. He spent the last several years with Everett in the Western Hockey League. How has the specialty, I, I don't know if we use the term, I guess schools, uh, changed the, you know, instead of the traditional, especially given the fact that you have a Bantam draft in your league, um, you know, we used to think of the, the Southside Athletic Clubs, the Canadian Athletic Clubs, the Maple Leafs, that sort of thing. But now you have kids going off to schools and specific programs. And has it ch- kind of changed how Western Hockey League scouting is done? And and uh, has it also maybe changed the type of kids you guys are getting in the league as well? I, I don't think it necessarily has changed the type of kids that we get. I, I think it, you know, it is uh, added another league that's uh, you know that we have to scout. But again, they, the high end players generally are brought together in those events and. So you can see them, but there's still, I'm still, you know, when I was the head scout, I was still going to every, you know, Southside Bantam game or Dauphin, Manitoba, wherever it was. It's our job still to, to identify the players regardless of where they play. Um, but in saying that, it's definitely the, the sports school, um, you know, craze of the last few years has made it, uh, made it easier to see a lot of those players at one time. Interesting that this year uh, we just wrapped up our mock drafts uh, for EdmontonOilers.com. We're joined by Bill LaForge, the new general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, you know, we had one Western Hockey League kid. I, I've got one WHL guy in the top 20, and that's going to be Ty Smith out of Spokane, who you would know uh, quite well. But next year's draft is going to be a, uh, a pretty good draft for the Western Hockey League. And these are kids that uh, you would have seen, I guess, what, three years ago or two years ago. Some years it's good, some years it's bad, or is next year just a bumper crop for the Western Hockey League? Yeah, I think that, I think it you know it kind of wavers every year. I, I think there's still going to be a lot of good players that come out of the Western League this year. They might just not have the 
the same level of name that they have had in the past. But um, in saying that, I mean, there's still some really good players in the league, and um, you know, a lot of the defensemen are doing a, a great job of you know being on the international scene already, like Ty Smith and Jet Wu, and um, you can name, you can go on from there. But in, in saying that, I think that next year obviously is uh, hopefully going to be a banner year for the Western League, and and uh, you know, I'm excited to watch those kids continue to develop. We're talking about guys like Kirby Dock with Saskatoon and Peyton Krebs with Kootenay. There's a kid out of Vancouver, defenseman, that's pretty exciting as well. Uh, Bill, one final one for you, and that, that has to do, uh, you know, a number of years ago, I used to be on the WHL scholarship uh, uh, committee when I was the SID at the University of Alberta. We're going back almost 20 years. Uh, at that time, it was my belief the Western League, at least in northern Alberta, was getting about 90% of the best kids. I'm not sure that's quite the case anymore. Uh, NCAA is a viable option for a lot of kids. There's, you know, junior A leagues in, in Alberta and BC are strong. You mentioned, you know, you're in Everett, and uh, Everett brought in some key people out of the BCJHL, which some people thought was a, a pretty interesting to say. It worked for Everett because they were good teams for a number of years. But just a thought, how, you know, how much of a battle is there for the top kids in Western Canada right now in terms of the, the two different routes that kids can go between major junior hockey and junior A? I, yeah, I mean, and I I acknowledge that there is two routes, and I think it you know with every with every player there is you know abundance of options for them. Um, our job is to just promote how excellent our scholarship program is, how much we're working on player development, and how we're um, you know pushing kids to the next level, whether that be the NHL or the you know U Sports or, or whatever. Maybe we're proud of you know all the players that go on to succeed in the future, regardless of whether it's in hockey or not. And I, I'm never one to uh, say anything negative about the other route. I have friends that did it that became very successful, and I have, you know, friends that played in the CHL that were in the hockey. So help them look at the benefits of our program, as well as, as you know, the benefits of the programs they may be, the other programs they may be looking at, and to see. And I'm very confident that the CHL and the Western Hockey League in Seattle, in particular has done a great job of uh, providing these kids with an excellent standard of, of life when they're playing in the league and opportunities going forward. Bill, we wish you the best of luck in Seattle, and thanks for taking time to join us here in Oilers Now. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Anytime. You bet. That's Bill LaForge, who worked uh, for a number of years with the Everett Silvertips uh, as their head scout and is now the general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds, 145 in Edmonton. Yes, Seattle went to the uh, Memorial Cup last uh, in 2017. Didn't win a game. Uh, Swift Current, Manny Virios, uh, this year going to the Memorial Cup. Lost the first one in overtime. Lost a heartbreaker after a brilliant goaltending performance from Stuart Skinner. And then ultimately uh, rallied and came back against a pretty good hockey team from Regina, the host, and ultimately lost. But the WHL champion has gone 0-9 over the last three years. I think Swift's case, it was clearly, I mean, they played 26 games total in the playoffs. I think they were just exhausted. Some people think the league's regular season has been too long. It goes from 72 to 68 games next season. That should help the WHL. Others, like myself, think there's too many teams. There are 22 teams right now. Uh, When the league had 16 or 18 teams, it seemed like I don't know, two out of every three years they won the Memorial Cup. And only Edmonton in 2014 has won a Memorial Cup in the last 10 years here on Oilers Now. Uh, 146 Edmonton. Gotta love a couple of my buddies busted me uh, for... uh 
for being asleep at the wheeler uh, with one of the questions. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 149 in Edmonton. Uh, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. And we're going to have a little bit of fun here. We will tell you the best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Edmonton owned and operated 48 years. Stoffer recommendation Mediterranean chicken at Royal Pizza. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more for menu and locations. Visit royalpizza.ca. All right. We went to break at uh, 1.30 playing Tiny Things by Jensen Interceptor. <laughs> and we got Randy Kilburn in because, Randy, I, 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 I think I said on this very station, 630 Chad, in 1980, that was the number one song. Were you not working at the station at that time? I w- that's when we were a music station. I was working there then, absolutely. And I'm pretty sure it was a number one hit because, of course, they were local. They were right. local. Kennedy and Doug Jensen started yes. that band. Um, the late Doug Jensen, I right. should say. Passed away. Almost years. four years ago, August of 2014. Wow. Kennedy's still around, though, and still looking fantastic. Yeah? Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, and great singer. This this was huge. People go, what? Like, sure. How many number one songs have ever come from Edmonton? Think very, very few. Right? I mean, very few. When I was in uh, university, there was a band called SNFU. And I can't tell you what the actual full name of SNFU is. I remember but them. But you can, you can figure it out. I remember them. Yeah, yeah they were. Uh, and, and by the way, we just had Bill LaForge on. Uh, Bill LaForge Jr. Obviously, his father, you would remember, was a legendary uh a coach from these parts. He coached Enoch, and I know I bumped into Robert Moran. Uh, yes. The Moran uh, family heavily involved in the River Creek Resort and Casino, and I know that Robert was one of his uh, henchmen with uh, the, I believe they were call, called the Tomahawks. They were. The, they were. Yes, they were. They played Junior B. Because I was doing sports full-time in 1980, and you know, at Ched yeah. back then, and Bill LaForge had extremely tough hockey clubs and he was a tough interview was he? he was oh yeah he was a tough interview he uh, he didn't take crap from anybody well I, I the, the the story that makes me laugh uh Randy was Vancouver Canucks John Garrett told me the story um they got they came in Edmonton when LaForge coached the team so I'm thinking this is Brendan can you look up uh Bill I think it was 8485 was Bill's lone year as an NHL head coach the Vancouver Canucks and the Oilers beat them 13 to nothing oh I remember that yeah, I remember 13 that. to nothing, the Oilers. This is at the height of, yes. you know, the Edmonton Oilers. They just smoked them. And there were about six fights in the third period. Sure. And John Garrett tells a story. We flew back after the game to Vancouver, bus straight back to the Pacific Coliseum, and everybody got bag skated after the loss in Vancouver except the fighters because the fighters had done their jobs and dropped the flippers and fought throughout the course of the third period with the orders 13. But he was... That was Bill LaForge. 
Like he, he had was some, his philosophy. He man. had some tough teams, Kamloops, oh, and I think he was in Regina before Kamloops as well. Yeah, I think he was, and then he spent some time in the OHL as well. But a a a, a really good coach and yeah. a good guy. Yeah, a good guy. But he was so tough. <laughs> Holy smokes, he was yeah, tough. His his teams. I mean, New Westminster Bruins with Punch McLean. They probably had some of the toughest at one time. And New West, uh, I think they won. I know they won back to back Memorial Cup titles. They went like three out of four years. They had a bigger defense than the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers in the yeah. late 1970s. They did. Like they had guys like Barry Beck and, and Maxwell and huge, huge teams, super yeah. tough teams, super tough. And so this is uh, amazing stuff. But it was, it just it, to think that his son, all these years later, and worked his way up, and now he's a, a G- great? GM in the WHL story. Terrific stuff. That's great. That's just great. I what? love that stuff. Uh, you worked with one of my favorite guys of all time, Wes Montgomery. I did for many years. I was very lucky to work with Wes for. All, and I used to curl with Wes. Yeah. I curled with Wes for a long time in the old Sportsman's League. It was every Wednesday afternoon at the Thistle. Yeah. And holy smokes, we could uh, sure have fun after the games. Uh, well, he, he'd like to get after it, as you know. Uh, there was myself. Uh, these are names you're going to know, of course, Bob. Yeah. It was myself and Wes. Wes skipped. I played lead. Yeah. Um, Don Buckets Fleming. Yep. Jackie the Parker. The old writer. Yeah. Jackie Parker and Bruce McGregor. Wow. So when Jackie wasn't around, Bruce would be on the on the team, and when Bruce was busy with something on the road or whatever, Jack would come in. It was a great and buckets could, you know, I mean he was quite a character. And he could drink like Ovechkin. He could drink like Ovechkin. Wes could drink better than Ovechkin. Wes Montgomery had over fifty percent of the uh, like he he had, his share was over fifty at times in, in the morning. Well, as you know, he did the morning show. Yeah, and from, he was he was and a lot of times he just rolled in like right. He'd been out all. We thought that we're opening the East West as long since gone. He passed away in two thousand four, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. It was two thousand and five. Two thousand five. April two thousand and five. Great guy. He was a terrific guy. A, a, one of the funniest people that ever walked yeah. this planet. Seriously, great sense of humor. That's why he emceed everything, all around North America. I mean, he was hired to do MC work everywhere. Um, so yes, you're right. He had more than fifty percent in the mornings from five thirty till nine. Yeah. And do you remember another fellow who was? Probably the most talented broadcaster I ever had the pleasure to work with, seriously, Bob McCord. Sure, and Bob went into business with Wayne Overland. With Wayne Overland. They, yep. And uh, Wayne ended up buying the Tri-City Americans. They did, yes. And I think Bob had a small piece small of that piece as well. Of that. That. The Gene Joint? Was that the That business? was at the Gene Joint. And Bob and McCord, when he did the afternoon drive show, 3 to 6, he had like... 40% share. Yeah. They, un- were, they were amazing. They were huge back in the day. It was fun to be at that station. West it's get- still fun being here. Yes. Well, it's w- good it w- seeing you back in here taking a trip down memory lane. I had to do Thank it. I, you. I know you got to go prep for... Uh, for 2 o'clock. For 2 o'clock. Uh, Wes Thanks, gave Bobby. Me, yeah, Wes gave me some great advice once. He said, hang in there, kid. And I'm like, I'm waiting forever, Wes. I'm getting in my th- early 30s here. He goes, just relax. It's going to happen. So uh, I know that uh, he was. He, he gave sage advice to John Sexsmith and myself uh, throughout the late 19th. 80s and early 90s. He was a terrific fellow. And look what's happened. Uh, and, you know, he probably gave that advice at Eskimo home games, right? We we, we used to see him and, and at most sports parlor at the end of the oh, day. Of course. But you and John were doing, you know, the PA right. stuff. Yes. And then Wes got fired. 
Yeah. Remember when he got fired? And John replaced him. And John replaced him. And then they brought me in to do the be the in-game host. Yeah. So you and I, we, recall, we sat beside so, each other with a window separating just, us for just, like 10 years. Just laughing. I know. Sorry. Funny stuff. I'm taking up all your time. That's all good, Randy. Randy Kilburn uh, joining us here in studio as we... Uh, take a trip down memory lane. Uh, we will tell you that portions of our show brought to you by Royal Floor Covering Stella Motors now sent you in. Receive two times the air miles, reward miles on your flooring purchases. At World Floor Coverings, where they know a lot about hockey and a lot about flooring. Hey, this day in Oilers history, Brendan, did we come up with anything today? Well, it's brought to you by our friends at New West Travel. they got great rates on fabulous cruises. If you're looking for deals on weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips, call the friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or at newwesttravel.com. Tomorrow, Brendan will be hosting the show. I'll be attending Claire Drake's Celebration of Life at the University of Alberta. Brendan will also uh, be in studio on Friday as I'm at another event uh, that day. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Uh, Reed has Tom Fath, the uh, Edmonton FC owner in the studio, or FC Edmonton, and also Bruce Wilson, the captain of Canada's 1986 World Cup team, Bob, the longtime coach at the University it's of Victoria. The, it's the only World Cup oh, team. I don't think they scored in 86. No, they didn't. Maradona did. He scored the greatest goal of all time. He got he got two in one game. One where he used his hand, the other one where, well, if the first one shouldn't have counted, the, the second one was worth two. Uh, again, uh, yeah, have a terrific next couple days, folks. Up next, the news, weather, traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Thanks for uh, letting us go down memory lane.